0: Hello and welcome to Medical Motherhood for December 11th, 2022. I'm Shasta Kearns-Moore. Medical Motherhood is a weekly Substack newsletter and podcast on the experience of raising disabled and neurodivergent children. The second Sunday of every month, Medical Motherhood publishes Where is the Manual for This?, an editorial cartoon by Lenore Eklund. You can see the four-panel line drawing cartoon on our website, but I also like to provide an audio description for those who need that. The first panel shows a mom and her daughter in a wheelchair facing a seated Santa. Surely your mom would like something for Christmas, too, Santa says. Well, actually, the mom starts to say. The second panel shows a close-up with the mom's face with pleading eyes and reads, I want compassionate medical care for the disabled, an equitable disability services system, and an educational system that supports all kids with IEPs. The third panel shows the mom and daughter smiling expectantly at Santa. In the fourth panel, Santa says, That's a big ask. If I did that, there'd be no miracles left for anyone else. How about a nice adaptive toy instead? The mom and daughter are dismayed. Is it really too much to ask that all these systems set up to help disabled children do what they say they are going to do? We don't need more toys. We need real change. What is it that you are hoping for this holiday season for the little ones in your life who experience disability? Let us know in the comments or on social media. Just a few announcements before we get to the news briefs. Last week, I brought you the story of Lisa Chudy and the issue, On the Cusp of Disabled Child's Adulthood, A Mother Wonders How Caregiver Income Could Have Changed Their Lives. This week, her new podcast, Love Doesn't Pay the Bills, published her interview with me. If you want to learn more about my personal journey, check out Can We Make This Something That We Can Actually Use? with guest Shasta Kearns-Moore on Spreaker. You can find those links on our website. Also, don't forget that we are running a holiday special right now of 30% off paid subscriptions. Support this publication and join the inner circle of folks who get access to the full archive, special behind-the-scenes info, and discounted events. See the website for details. That's medicalmotherhood.com. Time now for Medical Motherhood's News Roundup, snippets of news and opinion from outlets around the world from the Center for American Progress, How Dehumanizing Administrative Burdens Harm Disabled People. For disabled people in America, barriers to critical life-saving safety net programs are too often a part of everyday life. These barriers, known as administrative burdens, are roughly defined as any challenge that makes it difficult for someone to access or to maintain assistance for which they otherwise qualify. Administrative burdens cause real, lasting harm to huge swaths of disabled Americans, making it difficult for them to navigate a system that is supposed to help them cover basic necessities such as food, housing, and medical treatments. Just a parenthetical here, the report contains 17 different recommendations for shifting administrative burdens from disabled people and their families to the government and program administrators. The report continues. Just as it is expensive to be poor, it is expensive to be disabled. Households with disabled adults need 28% more income on average to achieve the same standard of living as adults without a disability. Moreover, the added costs of medicines and medical procedures, accessibility accommodations in homes and transportation, and many other regular expenses are exacerbated by the fact that disabled workers— if they are able to work and are employed, earn just $0.74 for every dollar earned by their non-disabled counterparts. Black and Hispanic disabled workers, in particular, earn 60 and $0.61, respectively, for every dollar earned by non-disabled full-time white workers. The extra cost of living for disabled people is often referred to as the disability tax. Administrative burdens within programs intended to help people with disabilities add another dimension to the disability tax, often financially, but also through additional drains on disabled people's time, energy, and physical and mental well-being. On top of negatively affecting applicants and participants, administrative burdens are detrimental to program administrators. Burdens pull administrators away from providing people with helpful and personalized assistance and instead leave them to comb through voluminous amounts of paperwork and to adjudicate minute filing deficiencies. Government workers should have rewarding jobs providing aid to those who need it most, but they are often left overwhelmed, which sadly can translate into negative experiences for people seeking assistance. From Disability Scoop, pediatricians get new guidance on cerebral palsy. A pair of major health organizations are issuing new guidance to doctors about how to identify children with cerebral palsy and appropriately treat the condition. In a clinical report and an executive summary published online this month in the journal Pediatrics, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Academy for Cerebral Palsy and Developmental Medicine said it's critical for kids to be screened and identified early to ensure the best outcomes. If kids with a developmental disability experience new symptoms or functional declines, physicians should fully investigate the changes without assuming that they are the result of cerebral palsy, the medical group said. It really does take a village to help children with CP reach their full potential, said Dr. Gary Noritz. Lead author of the report and chairperson of the American Academy of Pediatrics Council on Children with Disabilities. Families and physicians share this goal and can partner to improve quality of life by focusing on the strengths of the child and family, providing appropriate services, and adapting the environment to the needs of each child. From the Oregonian, Oregon Live. Oregon students with disabilities were promised extra help post-pandemic, but 15 months later, aid is limited. Oregon public schools enroll about 80,000 students with disabilities, many of whom struggled mightily during the year-plus-long switch to online school. As a result, state and federal officials ordered the state's 197 school districts to provide intensive makeup services to special education students who missed out On help such as speech therapy or one on one reading instruction to which they were legally entitled during the pandemic. They also directed schools to ensure catch up by June 2023 for students on individual education plans who made little to no progress during online school. But parents, teachers, and advocates say that stretch thin school districts are struggling to provide the promised services given severe staffing shortages. It takes all my mind, body, and soul to get what the district is legally obligated to give my child, said Coralyn Basham, whose 8-year-old daughter, Clara, a second grader at Creston Elementary School, has a rare genetic developmental disorder known as Williams-Burrin syndrome. The requirement that schools provided amped-up special education services only applies to last school year and this one, And a spokesperson said the Oregon Department of Education does not anticipate extending it, even if children with disabilities remain far off track or didn't receive any extra help. Medical Motherhood brings you quality news and information for raising disabled and neurodivergent children. Get it delivered to your inbox each Sunday morning or give a gift subscription. Subscriptions are free with optional tiers of support. Thank you to our paid subscribers follow medical motherhood on facebook twitter tiktok instagram or pinterest the podcast is also available in your feeds on spotify and apple podcasts visit the medical motherhood merchandise store through a link on our website do you have a story to share or an injustice that needs investigation tell me about it and it may become a future issue thank you for listening our music was composed by Ahi and used under a creative commons license Radio all mama all day.